I've learned that awareness in my body, learned to understand it, and then how to take action for it. So I learned that line where, because really to improve your symptoms of that uncomfortableness, the first few months when I started, it actually got worse and they told me it would before it got better. And then slowly your body starts to improve and it's still really challenging and uncomfortable, but then your body starts to kind of adapt. Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. My name is Stephanie Curtis. I'm 34 years old. I graduated from A&M in 2009. Whoop. Came back around <laughs> six years ago, seven years ago, and worked full-time as a woodworker and carpentry and then part-time as a personal trainer. Yes, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on this awesome podcast. And I'm excited to kind of learn more about you. And I'm sure people that work out here are gonna love hearing your story. So let's start out your class of 09, and then you said you left. I did. Where'd you go? So kind of all over. I graduated in 09, and I actually went into ministry. So I did a year internship here first with St. Mary's Campus Ministry. And then I did like a volunteer year. I was kind of all over. I was in College Station, Kansas in Italy for the summer. And then I ended up in Houston as a youth minister, middle school and high school for roughly four years or Which so. Which is kind of when you started cross, dabbling that in CrossFit. That is exactly, yes. That's and you when I was were, introduced to CrossFit. And kind of this is a, something that I remember you sharing with me, but you were at Prince of Peace. I was, which your is, neck of the woods. That was in my neighborhood. I used to ride my bike Literally to that church the back door. to do first communion classes. So, Such a small world. Yeah, the backyard basically of Prince of Peace is Prestonwood Forest. And the backyard, though we went to a box or a gym, the backyard where the bus barn, our bus was kept, is actually where we did CrossFit with our youth. Awesome. Well, cool. So, um, and how'd you end up back in College Station? I was invited back by, um, I got a call from the director at St. Mary's and the pastor here and another campus minister saying, we would love for you to come back and invited me to come back and interview for a position here to work in campus ministry. And I jumped on it. I loved working in campus ministry. was there for roughly four more years okay. after that. And what's the woodworking? Is that kind of a hobby turned now more than a hobby? Or what, what do you do? What exactly is woodworking? <laughs> when I tell people that, their facial expressions are always quite intrinsic. So I started as a hobby in 2017. My uncle was a builder, and I loved it. The first time I made a bench for some family for Christmas. And it turned full-time. The door kind of opened. I'd always been asked if I would sell my furniture. Um, mostly farmhouse style furniture, but everything from kitchen tables to bookshelves to benches to dog kennels, kind of all over the place. Well, so do people place like orders of what they want or do you make things and then sell them? I've done both, but a lot of times it'll be kind of custom built to what fits in their house, their style. So a lot of times it's they'll order and then I'll build it. Wow. But started as a hobby, the door opened for me to go full time. People had always kind of asked, and so I jumped. And What's the biggest thing you've ever made or the thing that's taken the longest? 
I made a double dog kennel with rebar. So it actually looks like a media console on top and then there's rebar along the sides and in the front and there's two double doors. So it could hold two dogs on each side. It was probably 75, 80 pound dog kennel, wow. but it looks like a piece of furniture in, in their house. How long did it take you? It took me a week. Wow. And but it, to it, build it probably two to three days, but then the finishing out, you got to wait for it to dry. So it takes a little bit longer. So what do you love about it? I really like, I think just, it's a project. It's a puzzle. So you have a plan, but then once you're moving around, like it always adjusts a little bit and you got to think outside the box. But I really like creating pieces to make someone's house feel like a home that they're going to use. And I just like to use my hands. I like to stay busy. It's also just a great time to think and mm-hmm. turn on some good music or podcasts. Yeah. So, so it, it, it has become kind of like a hobby slash uh, passion. And now it's helping a lot of people and making, it making it income. It took off more than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. So it's been a huge blessing. That's awesome. Okay. let's. So you're very fit. I mean, that's very <laughs> obvious. So let's think back to your 34. When would you say you started actually working out in your life? Like when did your fitness journey yeah. truly begin? So we were raised in a very active outdoor family, small town in the country. So we lived outdoors from sunrise to sunset. We were involved in sports. Um, my mom is a coach, so or was, she's retired. So it was just what we knew and what we did. Um, but I can remember probably middle school when my mom would go play racquetball in town at the rec center with her friend i Mm. would go and go to the weight room or i'd go swimming or one of my friend's moms taught like a hit boot camp class i would go then uh, middle school high school so it was just kind of something i always loved to do i love to stay active yeah um so it was just kind of a part of who i was did that translate into sports or did you play sports in junior high or high school not in high school. Um, me and I have a twin brother. We were very involved in gymnastics uh, for a long time. I played basketball and volleyball in middle school. Track kind of against my yeah. <laughs> liking, but in a small town, you do. So you did a lot of sports. sports. What was yes, your... Uh, but I wasn't gy- necessarily like your all-star athlete. Right. Right. You just played it for fun. I and, loved it. Yeah. Exactly. What was the... You said the gymnastics was a long time. How old were you when you started? Oh, goodness. I was at elementary school, maybe first or second grade. And then, I did gymnastics for about five years. Do you remember, you know, I've heard through podcasts and now my daughter does gymnastics. There's like levels. Mm-hmm. So where did you end up? Do you remember that at all? I remember competing. Oh, wow. So, you, um, I mean, you did it pretty I, seriously. I want to say I was like on pre-team. I never, like my brother was a few levels under Olympian. My brother was a fantastic gymnast. Wow. I stopped actually to play sports. So to, in middle school to play basketball and volleyball in school. Looking back, that's it. like one of the best things you could have done in elementary school. Gymnastics. Oh, I loved it. Probably the, yeah. one of the, I mean, I feel like I'm in great shape right now. Yeah. One of the best shapes I've ever been. We had to build strength and condition before we were ever allowed to touch the equipment. Wow. So we had a great coaches. Yeah. My daughter started when she was three and now she oh, does tumbling. Perfect. And, and it's just like, I think her ability to move her body through space and just awareness is... That awareness of movement. At eight years old. And it's just, you know, and, and it's fun to her. Right. It's not, you know... It's a great way to build coordination and endurance and strength at such a young age mm-hmm. and responsibility. Yes. 
So that's really cool. What um, high school did it transition into anything else? Not not really into sports. I but was into in, personal workouts. You said you did the boot camps and things. Did you keep doing that? I did. I did high school is when I really started going to my mom's friends' classes at the rec. Um, I was more in bands, but I was also on the color guard team, so I threw flags and rifles. Yeah. So there was a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like our friends, we would like we like to go play volleyball and racquetball and that kind of stuff just for fun. But yeah. I was never really. I wasn't your sports in high school person. Yeah. Was was the boot camp and the workout, how did you view that at that age? You know how like as an adult, people view the workout as like, okay, I need to exercise yeah. for health, for fitness. As a high school sco- student, is that what you were thinking? or so Not at all. <laughs> and it may sound really interesting or weird, but like it was just fun to me. Like I, I liked the way it felt after I worked out. I enjoyed getting to workouts. I mean, I didn't know a ton about everything like program. I didn't know anything about programming or nothing like that, but it was an enjoyable class. I enjoyed the people there. I love the coach. Were um, you the youngest person or was there a few? I was, except um, it was kind of through the, my church that I knew the lady and um, there were one or two others that would go with me sometimes. When you say I like how I felt afterwards, what was that? Like, what did you like? I think it, it would just help give you energy and think clear it's like i don't want to say adrenaline boost but your endorphins running you know like it just i felt good Mm -hmm. and and i think it gave me confidence in myself too yeah which i mean in high school is great right to have that did you go every day or was it like three times a week Oh, I don't even remember, yeah. honestly. So I know a lot of times in the summer we would go more, but during the high school school year with band practice and color yeah. guard and stuff, it would be not quite as much. it keep you in shape? Absolutely. So Absolutely. you graduated high school, and would you consider yourself like fit in high school? Was that something that you, how would you categorize yourself in that? I definitely would say I was fit. Yeah, <laughs> you can, you can say that. that. I, I mean, it's totally okay. <laughs> and then you came to A&M right away? I did. Came straight to A&M, 2005. And so what did that look like workout-wise? Did you plug in right away? Did you start going to more classes? Um, I was always at the rec. Um, whether it was, I started some of the classes. I did kickboxing. I would do their hit classes. But I would also just go work out on my own sometimes. Yeah. It helped me think clear, too, when I was in school and in my classes academia yeah so I just enjoyed it again I was really blessed with a great friend group so every Sunday we played sand volleyball like that was our thing so we would always get together and we were active like I could go shoot hoops or whatever it was I was yeah. a part of intramural teams so that it kind of continued when I was in college yeah it sounds so this is you know I love this story because it's definitely you're the one percent <laughs> right it's I mean, most people if anything they go to college and they don't have an exercise routine and, and right. what I'm hearing is you had been building this foundation of habits your whole life Mm -hmm. that when you came to college, it wasn't necessarily like you needed to build new habits. You just kept doing what you had been doing your whole life. Correct. Now, like probably 90% of the freshmen, I gained a little bit of weight my freshman Mm -hmm. year, but it was more, I think, based off of stress and eating. Mm -hmm. And then once I was off campus, rebuilding those habits and that awareness. 
Was that more because, did you live on campus? I did. Was that like the dining halls and the accessibility it was, to food? I'd never been happier to get off campus. Well, it's, it's just, yeah, when you think about it, and you live on campus, and you got, now I'm sure you got so much other stuff, but when I was right. a freshman, which was 2000, you got Chick-fil-A, yes. you got these dining halls with all-you-can-eat pizza, you've got snacks, you know, like right. constantly you can use your meal plan to buy like snacks and desserts and it's just the food is really kind of, you know, and you don't have a kitchen at home to cook at. Right. So it can easily turn into this really unhealthy diet. So how many days a week, your freshman year, let's look at that first, did you work out? Four or five times a week. And then we you would get playing. I mean, it was part of my routine because it also was just a stress reliever. It was just... What time of day? It would depend on classes, but a lot of times my classes were in the morning, so I would go in the afternoon after lunch. And you said you did some classes and some stuff in the weight mm -hmm. room. like. And I'm trying to get in your brain at that yeah. age. Like, how did you know what you were going to do that day? Or how did you know how that week was going to look with workouts? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to tell you I had everything planned out specifically, but sometimes it was just kind of week to week or what I was feeling. Um, if I was overly stressed, then maybe I would go do the kickboxing class that week because it was just a great get that energy out. Yeah. Um, and you didn't have to think. I didn't have to think. Um, other days I would just go do weights. I guess I had learned a little bit in high school from just, I watch a lot. I'm a people watcher. So if I went to the gym, when I went to the rec center and the gym and the weight room, I would just kind of watch. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it, I'm thinking through, because I was kind of the same person who worked out a lot in college. Um, and I always, during class, right, I would read Muscle and Fitness magazines <laughs> and come up with my workout. I have been known to, I'm a big, like, figure it out person. Yeah. Always have been in all areas of life. So I look things up all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny because like, I, I mean, I, I think muscle and fitness magazines are still a thing, mm -hmm. but I probably would doubt that college students today, they probably, I, they have, well, fitness. You, I, ask a, <laughs> I ask a freshman or sophomore this question today that obviously isn't a member at the gym because they'd say, oh, I just go to the gym, but they go to an app and they right. say, I go to this app and it's this workout, you know, plan. But for us, you know, you, I didn't quite have, we that didn't have that. I no, we didn't. To say. So I'm curious just kind of how you came up with your workout routine. And it was actually a lot of people watching or yeah. then I would go to classes and I would kind of see what different variety there was. And I would just kind of create my own. When did you notice weight gain at what point during your freshman year? Oh goodness. It wasn't a lot, but it, I mean, it was a little bit probably halfway through. And then did you do anything? I mean, I stayed active. I was a little bit more aware of what I was eating, but I knew it was a lot of stress too and just transitioning. Yeah. So a lot of that awareness, getting really involved in, um, I was very involved in church ministry when I was here, you know, so just a mix of all of that, just getting back in that healthy habits you on mind, body, soul, and not just yeah. fitness. You mentioned stress a lot. What did you experience what you would say more stress than most or, or like when you talk about stress is is it just the normal stress of school or did you have like anything really stressful happening in that time? I think it was just a normal stress of school. Mm -hmm. I like to plan. I like to know what's coming. Um, and when you I feel like when you you're so structured in high school so many times and then when you leave to college, it's all new. And our parents, my parents did a fantastic job of getting us ready. 
but I think it's a whole new world when you leave for college. It's a very unique time. That's actually why I loved working in ministry for a while, campus ministry. Yeah. Such a formative time. Um, so I think it was just a mix of all of that, getting back into a rhythm. What do you want to take with you that you were raised with and those values and structures and then creating your own of who you are? Yeah. So I think it was just mostly that. School was, was never really my thing. Mm. I did good, but it was very challenging to me. Yeah. I think that's also why I really enjoy working with my hands in woodworking and um, just working out and doing sports because it kind of offsets it. Yeah. And I have a master's degree, but that didn't come easy. So it was, yeah. they played together. Yeah. When you say campus ministry, you said you started that freshman year? Or when did I you, did. What did you do? What was the campus ministry? I was involved with St. Mary's Catholic Center in the campus ministry program there. I got really involved with their SMART team, and it was their St. Mary's Youth Retreat team, and we would create retreats um, as college students, and then we would travel within a 100-mile radius and put them on for parishes that maybe didn't couldn't afford to run their own retreats, or they would bring our team in. So that for, was something I was very involved in. Yeah, for college students specifically? We would put it on for youth ministry, so middle school and high school oh, students. Oh, that's cool. But we would give the talks, run the games, we'd plan the schedule. So it was a lot. It was a lot of fun, but wow. we learned a lot. Like we were mentored to learn how to lead and yeah. share faith. And So are you from College Station? I'm not. Okay, so where'd you move here from when you came to school? I grew up in a small town on the coast, Angleton, Lake Jackson area. Oh, yeah. I know mm-hmm. there was a several years ago we had a coach and a member and he ended up, they ended up getting married. She's from Lake Jackson. What a small world that was She's our rival probably, town. Probably, oh, maybe your age, Sarah Fish. No, no, maybe I mean, Lake Jackson I, was a little bit bigger. Yeah, maybe it was, was a yeah. smaller town. Um, but it's so, amazing how small yeah, a world. It yeah, is. but I do remember because I think we've been there before and driven through Lake Jackson and on it's near the coast. It is um, grew up on the coast. So. Did you go home after your freshman year or did you stay in College Station of college? I went home my freshman year. I want to say I stayed my sophomore, junior, senior year. Summer. So that summer, did you keep going with workouts? Did you, mm-hmm. you know, did you clean your eating up a little bit? A little bit. I've always mostly eaten on the healthier side. Yeah. It was just the kind of that transition freshman yeah. year. And then you came back your sophomore year, plugged right back in, mm-hmm. rec center, same kind of group of friends, same group same of volleyball. Friends. Exactly. And did that continue through college? It did. So you basically worked out. I mean, you haven't stopped working out your whole life. Brief stint in 2015 tied to a health condition, but then it was really just relearning what to do during that time. So let's, we'll get there. Let's, you graduate 09. Mm-hmm. So let's go from 09 to what led to 15. So okay. you graduate A&M. Is that when you stuck around or did you move to Houston? I did. That's when I stuck around for the internship and then did that volunteer year. Did you work out like at a Gold's Gym or something in that season? No, it just kind of did my own thing. Okay. But you kept doing something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you went to Houston. I did. That's when I went and worked at Christ the Redeemer for a year and then went over to Prince of Peace for three years. Okay. And that first year at Prince of Peace, 2012, was when I was introduced to CrossFit. What was that like? Oh, I loved it. I was immediately (laughs) hooked. It was, it was, I loved it. It was me. And that was early. It was intimidating. Yeah. So how'd you get introduced to it? So the director of youth ministry I worked for, I was an associate youth uh, youth minister. Um, 
he was hooked. He was a certified CrossFit coach and a kid certified CrossFit coach. He had just gotten into it. So he got myself and our other uh, associate youth minister hooked on it as well. Wow. And we loved it. And then he started coaching and we would go out there with him as well. And we did, we called it functional fitness, crucifitness. Uh-huh. Um, but there was something doing CrossFit with your youth that just truly united you with your youth. Yeah. There's something about sweating and pushing yourself yeah. and safely and prudently. Um, again, he was certified. Yep. Um, but we were hooked three years. So workouts were, like, what would you say in that season? Like, were they, like, just brutal? Like, was it, like, how would you describe they were hard. We, for a little while, I was going to the gym in town with him. And then when we started working out with our youth, I stopped going there and we just worked out. So we, uh, he had converted the bus barn. We would pull the bus out and then that was the gym. bus barn was converted into, and it had a pull-up bar and all the weights in there. Um, wow. So it was like a hot Texas summers and, but we loved it. Like, what, what were some of the things that you did that you had never done before? Pull-ups. Uh-huh. Like real pull-ups, snatches, and cleans. That's not something I really knew when I was working out on my own. Um, I think, too, like pushing yourself harder than you safely, but like harder than I ever have before. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's a whole different feel. Yes. What, and what would you say you love the most? Because it sounds like you really loved CrossFit. I did. I think it was, it's always different. Mm -hmm. You can always push yourself, but I think what I loved and I loved also doing with our youth, because then I could see it from all different levels, was everyone may be in a different place, but you can do similar workout or the mm -hmm. same workout. So it's for everybody, and you're if you're really challenging yourself, you're all sweating at the end, you've all had a great workout, there's just some bonding there with that community. So even if someone next to you is pushing a little bit harder, someone here is pulled back a little bit like it still unites you in a whole different way there's that community feel so I experienced that from the very beginning whether it was with my co-workers or yeah. with our youth yeah I think what I've heard the best I've heard it described is like suffering together right br brings exactly us, brings us together 100% you know and the bond that's formed in that joint suffering you know, it, it, and I can see it from a youth like because you're a leader right in mm -hmm. that setting okay created probably some like relatability exactly. and bonds that otherwise maybe not say wouldn't have been there, but you know, it would have been harder to do. Absolutely. I think that's across the board. It always yeah. can unite people stronger. And I think CrossFit does that. Yeah. So that led to 2015. Yes. Tell me what happened if you don't mind sharing. Yes. So for a while I kind of got out of CrossFit. Yeah. I was involved. I got T-bones. Um, in a bad wreck and I got a really bad concussion um, to the point where I was also right in the middle of transitioning about to transition back to College Station to work in campus ministry and with that concussion um, it was kind of a little bit of life-changing like it threw me off completely I had to overcome that concussion but it was to the point if I was staring at something on the wall for too long my legs would give out um, like my mind and my body just couldn't fully connect. Now I wasn't in the hospital forever or anything like that, but for some reason my body couldn't recover from that concussion. Hmm. 
we found out a little bit later that it a illness that was like dormant is what I was told that I'd always kind of had was triggered through that trauma and injury and so that was also limiting my recovery a little bit or taking longer to recover so when I moved back to College Station as much as I wanted to work out they had kind of limited me and then I was trying to build it back safely and prudently as I was trying to figure out this awareness like my body is completely different how I feel when I work out now um, Man, it's so a whole for, different world. No, and I, I'm trying to put myself now in your shoes. You're 28, 29 years old. Mm-hmm. You'd been working right. out your entire life. Yes. And now you can't. Right. Or you can't do what you've been doing that you'd done so easily or felt so easy. And that I wanted to do. So how? W- w- tell me about it. Like, was what were some of the challenges? It was challenging. I remember I was told... Uh, an amazing physical therapist, good friends, um, and just some doctors are like, you need a non-active hobby. And I was like, that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> so I tried to pick up guitar and all these things, and it was great, but I was like, I just felt this need to move. Like, I felt better when I moved, but ironically, now when I moved, I didn't feel better. Wow. So it was a whole different, it was a game changer. Curveball. How long were you in that? season so I slowly recovered about a year after physical therapy with this PT and a lot of just vestibular and just different kind of rehab stuff moved to college station during that time Um, and what I noticed was I started to feel better I started to walk and run but I would run a very short distance and then I would have to sit down because I feel like my legs would give out Um, riding a bike I love like sprint tries so smaller, very smaller triathlons. Let's not go too much but, there. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, but like riding a bike. I couldn't keep my balance on a bike. I had to learn how to re-ride a bike. I remember the first time here in College Station getting back on that bike. Um, Did you ever have feelings like, this is how it's going to be forever? Like, am I ever going to be able to do I what knew I used to do? I was the kind of person that it couldn't be forever. Even if it looked different than before, I couldn't live with not doing something. That's just not who I am. So it, I slowly had recovered from that concussion. But what I noticed from 2016 to 17, all of a sudden I started developing these daily symptoms. Um, I would start to work out again a little at a time and I would get dizzy and I would almost black out. I was constantly thirsty. Um, I lost 15, 20 pounds in a summer, and I didn't have weight to lose, but I ate all the time. Um, I would get dizzy and get headaches and nauseous regularly. So all these daily symptoms kept building throughout that year, but I had, and I had started to go to doctors and nobody was helpful. They were like, well, you're diabetic. Well, none of the tests said I was diabetic and I was never diabetic, but I could never find answers. So I kind of gave up on doctors. And just kind of did my own thing. Like, how can I get better? And you know him very, very well. But Dr. Seth Sullivan, good, sweet friend of mine, he actually would come down and he was a part of our core team for retreats. So I know him from my youth ministry days when I was at Friends of Peace. Wow. Called him up and he's like, Stephanie, you can't live like this. But I trusted him. So there's that relationship, right? And he knew a doctor he trusted that thought outside the box. Um, he's like, I want you to give her a shot. And she was, she saw you as a person, not a number. She had 
consistency and perseverance to try to figure out what was wrong. So it was a nonstop. So during that time of the daily symptoms, during that year to two years, I have what we now know would be like a crash or a flare up. And all of a sudden it was like a train. Like I would get so weak and tired that I couldn't do anything to stop that feeling. Like I was gonna black out or just feel so weak I couldn't move, I would get pale and I would end up in the ER in the hospital once a month. Um, wow. IV was like liquid gold. Wow. Um, so I got to know them very, very well. They yeah. knew me by name, uh, but some great people. But he connected me with this out-of-the-box thinking doctor. She did not give up. She had a cardiologist she trusted, a neuromuscular person, all different across the board, every test you could imagine. Connected me with a specialist in Austin. I was finally diagnosed in 2017. Um, and I was told then that the type of dysautonomia that I had, 98% of people would not do fitness, though beneficial, because it would be too uncomfortable or too challenging. They would just live with these symptoms. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that's misery. So no, that's not an option. So going back to your question from 2015, just from the concussion, like that's not me. Like I knew how I felt when I moved. I felt better. Mm. The part of like mind, body, soul. You think clear, you're a better daughter, if you're a married wife, has whatever it is, person. So I knew I had to do something. You know, it's so cool to hear that because whereas you tell a person that who does not have the, you know, we'll call it foundation that you have, mm-hmm. and they kind of get kind of like accepting of that prison right. sentence. Absolutely. But for you tell somebody like you and you're like, no, I'm going to work out again. Like I'm going to, I'm going to work out. Like, <laughs> and, and I know that that's kind of, that is my personality yeah. that plays into it for sure. I won't tell you, I won't say it was easy. Like there were definitely choice words with God and it was a challenging time, but it's also a big part of just who I am. Yeah. And so that, you know, 17, 18, I mean, like, seeing you today like you would think well you know you mentioned to me that one day uh-huh. when we did that murph prep like you know because i was pushing you, you on yes. the way back and, and when yeah. i laid on the floor i yeah. was i would briefly and so um i mean but most people that work out with you are just like man she's just super fit yes. so like has it gradually gotten better and now you've just become more aware absolutely so it's something i'll always have um but it I can treat the symptoms and I can learn the triggers and I can learn how to kind of compensate for it. So what it is, is I will always be on medicine, um, but nutrition plays a vital role. I drink five to six liters of water a day, 5,000 milligrams of salt on a good day, Hmm. a ton of electrolytes, uh, five to six electrolyte drinks a day, Um, compressions, fitness, strength makes a world of difference. Um, endurance is always challenging and explosive move really all of CrossFit is challenging. Um, but I've learned that I've learned that awareness of my body, learned to understand it and then how to take action for it. So I learned that line where, cause really to improve your symptoms of that uncomfortable, uncomfortableness, the first few months when I started, it actually got worse and they told me it would before it got better. And then slowly your body starts to improve and it's still really challenging and uncomfortable, but then your body starts to kind of adapt. Yeah. Um, 
So every day is a little different. I still have daily symptoms, but like it is what it is. And I learn how to lessen them. Yes. If that kind of makes sense. So most workouts, again, it helps that I love fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy the community. But most workouts are extremely challenging. Yesterday's workout, we did a mile and two miles in the heat. And so it's just, again, learning my body's awareness, pushing myself. Because, again, you have to kind of push to that line. That's why so many won't do it. But I don't want to go fully over because I don't want to black out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't really scare me, but I've noticed it scares other people. Absolutely. I'm like, it's fine. It's do you normal. have a way to know if you're kind of on the fringe, like heart I rate? I normally will or... know. So I do wear a heart rate monitor. Yeah. Um, but I've learned and I train myself to kind of be very aware of my own symptoms. I like to wear the monitor because I'll push myself a little more. Yeah. Um, but the reason I learned to train just based off of awareness is when I was a campus minister, we took our students and we hiked a 14,000 foot mountain, Mount Belford. Wow. And I needed to know, A, that I was healthy enough to do it, but healthy enough that if something happens to my students, I was the right person to be there as an adult too with the rest of our team. But in case the monitor went out, I wanted to know I could tell. Um, so that was a whole nother one too. I was told I probably wouldn't be able to <laughs> summit Mount Belford. Um, but again, like there was that drive. I wanted to be with our students. I wanted to hike. I want to get better. Like why the workout may be uncomfortable. Again, it helps. I enjoy it. Not the uncomfortableness. Right. But I feel fantastic after and it's kept me out of the hospital. I've able to lower my dosage of medicine. My symptoms are down. So why would I not be uncomfortable for 45 minutes to an hour? I guess I've always had this mindset of I can live a reactive life and just live in symptoms trying to survive or I can do and control anything I can control, not necessarily in an overbearing way, and live a proactive life and then I can thrive Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. So why would I want to live here if I could live here and live my life more so for? You see the value. I mean, it's very clear to you. You know, you've lived healthy so long and... Uh, you're, it's a kind of a mind over body kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's amazing. That's a really cool story. And I know that you started personal training shortly mm-hmm. after I that. Did. And so not only did you thrive personally, yes. but kind of what led you to feel like I want to help people. Like I want to help transfer my Absolutely. passion to others. So even as a youth minister and most in campus minister, I was known as the campus minister that always focused on mind, body, and soul. It was constantly on my students. Did you work out today? Did you eat well? Don't stay up all night. Go, go sleep. That makes mm-hmm. a difference. Um, and that always came up in who I was, but I was working in the spiritual avenue or fields. And when the door opened for me to go into coaching, it's something I really always wanted to do, but never really knew how I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And my mom had coached in schools. I didn't really want to be in a school. Um, When the door opened, I jumped and I loved it. I loved, again, I was helping people thrive and be the best version of themselves in ministry. And I love my 10 years in ministry. But I also have always loved just being active and moving and the physical, like I love the physical yeah, and working with nutrition and fitness and people. But I think my own story played a big part in it. So not only am I, I get to be very active and hands-on in coaching and personal training, but I can help people thrive. 
Mm. We all have a reason why we maybe don't want to do something that keeps us from something. There's always a reason. Mine was this health condition, but someone else's could be maybe they're diabetic. And this is just always what I'm going to live with. Great, but you, there's still stuff you can do so you're not just surviving or being miserable. Like you can thrive with that. Like that's not your identity, right? Right? Or and maybe for someone else it's not a health condition, but it's just slothfulness, or yeah. they have no discipline to. There's a more of a lack there, a motivation to get to the gym. Great, that's your challenge. That might not have been mine. Mine was health oriented, but you can still thrive too if you set up the right system. Yes. And the system's gonna build your habit. So. I love being able to help people thrive, even if they're in overcome obstacles. That was a big one for me. And then I found that just as who I was, that's also why a lot of people had suggested I come here, was grace and just faith is a big part of that for me. My motto was always grit and grace. Like how I live my life, but like when I coached, like you have to have that grit. You have to push yourself. You have Mm. to have consistency. It's not always going to be comfortable, um, but God's also going to give you the grace to do it. And you also have to have grace with yourself that it's not perfection. Like, just get up and do the best you can that day. Yes. So, like, I love being able to still bring in that spiritual element a little bit, but I'm in the body career field or the physical yeah. career field now. So I love it. It's I've never been happier getting to help other people, just walking with them. I love coaching and personal training. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> what, what would you say in the time you've been doing it? Um, you, you know, what, what, what would you say? Like you have a very mind, body, soul, like mm-hmm. uh, focus. When you go into a new personal training session or a new person, new client coming in, like, how do you like, what's the brain and what's your brain thinking? Like, how are you approaching diagnosing that client? Right. Or, or helping assessing them. I think at first it's just getting to know them. So everybody is different. You can't necessarily, as much as I'm a straightforward shoot it person, um, you have to build that relationship first too. So listening to them, getting to know them, um, where do they stand and do they trust me? Having to build that trust with them first. Um, but in the end, helping them realize you you can work out as much as you want. But if the nutrition side doesn't change, it's not going to make a difference to mm. where you want to go to reach your goal. You can eat as healthy as you want, but if you don't work out, again, they're tied together. We could work out consistently and push, and it's going to make a difference. But if you're overly stressed and you're not sleeping or you have that Christian faith and maybe that's missing, so again you're struggling inside or there's some kind of conflict that all plays in mentally and that stress affects your body. Yeah. So it's first kind of getting to know them and then helping them see that it's not just, am I working out? Am I not just, but it's over time too. Now, if I get to know someone and, um, there's someone that I coach and train and we're very straightforward just, and it was a quicker relationship built. I can be very straightforward with her um, but again, it depends on the person. Everybody's yeah. different. Yeah. It's meeting people where they are. How do you think your personal journey, right? Somebody who's worked out the majority mm-hmm. of your life, having the challenges you've had plays into kind of your coaching. 
or influences your style or your heart right behind it? I never want to give up on someone, Mm. which is also hard as a coach because I can't necessarily control your outcome because I can't control you, can help influence and help you see, but really you have to see it to get there. Um, But I think my own journey with it, like I know it's hard. Again, my challenge may be different than what your challenge is to get there and what you need to overcome obstacle-wise. But really, if you look at the underlying like obstacles, it's all very similar stories. It's all consistency. It's all discipline. It's mind, body, soul. It's community makes a world of difference and accountability. So everyone's story might be different, but I get it. Yeah. Again, my story's different, so I don't necessarily understand where you're coming from, but I know it's challenging, and you can do it. Mm-hmm. No, so I have a hard time giving up on someone. Have a little bit, I mean, I don't want to say a little bit, that sounds like it's not there, but like just empathy for where you're coming from, even if the struggle's different. Um, but I have the hope that I want to see you succeed, and I want you to have the hope that you see that too. I think that's such a great uh, character trait that you have that is um, what makes you a great trainer because I've always said that if you're a trainer and you ever stop believing in your client, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Right? Because you really, I mean, and here's (laughs) the deal. We have to, I mean, let's be honest. We're going to get let down a lot as Mm -hmm. trainers. You know, you're going to get let down in how they eat. You're going to get let down in whether or not they commit you know i've had clients for over a decade and probably half of those years they didn't even come (laughs) but they came back but they came back because i never stopped believing in them you know and And that's i think that's a great thing you you hit the nail on the head um when you build that relationship and you never stop believing in them like i've i've had that i've had clients come back Mm -hmm. you know yeah so i think there's that hope there there's that drive agreed so last question yes. is I close the podcast every time. This is our title of the podcast, which okay. is Building Better People. Um, it is the purpose and mission behind what we do. In other words, it's the driving force. It's what gets us up at 4 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. so that we can start our day with clients at 5, which is the belief that every person who walks in these doors is becoming a better version of themselves. Mm. No matter if you're the new person that just started or maybe you're the person who's been coming for 10 years and you're continuing to become a better version of yourself. So my question for you is how has this journey that you're on, exercise journey, health journey, made you a better version of you? Ooh, good question. Mm. Well, I think it's twofold. I think one, it's been when there's times that I'm really taking care mentally, mindset, spiritual, soul, and physically in my body, people want to be around me. Like, I'm a better person. Mm. I'm a better, again, daughter, sister, aunt, all the above. Um, It allows me to truly live the mission I'm here to live in my job, in my relationships. And I feel like over time I've seen that, whether it was when I was younger or through, and even more now, as I'm a little bit older, but also, too, it's helped me just become a better person by the, all the different people that I've met along the way, whether it's different coaches, family members, p- 
people that I met in a gym that I'm never gonna see again. Um, like it inspires me to be a better person. Because mm. um, again, everyone's story is different. But when I see someone else succeeding through it or overcoming something, that inspires me. Same with coaching. When I train someone, that inspires me. Um, so I think all the different people that I met along the way, the physical therapists that I met, you know, all of them, like, it plays a role if I take the right perspective to make me a better person. You're welcome. Thank you. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.